You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Nada is back in the co-host chair today. Kevin O'Connor dropped the newest mock draft. He's been updating these mock drafts based on latest intel that he reportedly has been hearing and some of the other things that um, maybe he attributes to why one player is going to one franchise or the other. And so that's going to be on the docket for today. And not as we've talked about quite a bit. We've mentioned a lot about the Hornets selecting a big man. Mm-hmm. And then James Wiseman is the selection for the Hornets in Kevin O'Connor's latest mock draft. But it's mm-hmm. not James Wiseman going to the Hornets at three. What Kevin O'Connor has in his latest mock draft is the Hornets trading up all the way to number one overall. And in this proposed trade based on Kevin O'Connor, he says the Hornets send their number three and their unprotected 2022 first round pick to the Timberwolves for the number one selection in this year's NBA draft. So important to note, not the 2021 NBA uh, drafts first round pick, but the Hornets 2022 unprotected first round pick to jump all the way to number one. And I say all the way, like it's not just one spot ahead of the Golden State Warriors. And this is to select the James Wiseman, not a I'll give you my thoughts after yours, but I can't imagine you're too happy with this proposed idea. If the Hornets were indeed uh, to actually carry this out with what uh, Kevin O'Connor suggests. I'm going to tell you what I told you off wax and (laughs) off the record. If they, again, I don't mind James Wiseman at three. James Wiseman at three makes a lot of sense, especially if you feel like well, that changes quite a bit from what you've been preaching this entire time. And now let me finish. Okay. What I was going to say is James Wiseman at three makes a lot of sense. If let's say a Anthony Edwards and LaMelo ball are gone, then you know what? You want your guy, James Wiseman. If James Wiseman is your guy at three, you know what? Different strokes for different folks, but you're going to have to explain it. And if you're going to have to explain it at three, you're really Really, 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 really going to need to explain it at number one. And then trading a 2022 first rounder on top of that, potentially? No, you'd really have to explain this one because Wiseman doesn't, like, Wiseman makes sense at three. He absolutely doesn't. I'm sorry. Wiseman barely makes sense at three. (laughs) Wiseman doesn't make any sense at all if you're going to trade up for him because people people will continually bring up He's going to be a stationary ring rim protector. Okay. What about the, the way the Charlotte Hornets played defense in last year, year before that, that tells you that they want that guy. They want that rim protector. They want that Giannis, that Giannis semi Dwight Howard guy that we're just going to funnel to the rim and he's going to send everything away. They don't want that. Borrego's been hot at heavy on switch everything, blitz the pick and roll when we can. And for what they're trying to do, it doesn't make any sense to trade up for this guy unless he's going to be like Hakeem Olajuwon or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you're very, if you're certain, then go ahead and do it. But you're going to have to explain it. 
You have to spend yeah. it because it goes against everything that you've done up until this point. I've been adamant about where I am on trading this number three overall selection. If you want to trade down, collect assets in return and settle for the guys outside the top five, maybe you trade down all the way to six or seven, whatever team you want to trade with. Okay, fine. But to give up a first round pick, even if it's not 2021, which is supposed to be the star studded class. I don't know much about 2022. I know Amani Bates, the seven, three guy that can handle like a point guard and can shoot really well is apparently the number one overall prospect in a couple of years. I don't have a ton of knowledge on how all those players are going to be. It doesn't matter if it's not 2021. I don't care. If you think about giving up a first round pick to move up two slots, for a player that absolutely could be potentially there at three overall, let's say that Minnesota does do the easy thing, does do the chalk thing, according to most mock drafts, and Minnesota just stays home and they take Anthony Edwards. And let's say that Golden State, after the reports that we heard last week, leading to a lot of the discussion that we've had the last three pods or so, let's say the Warriors stay home and all those reports about Denny Avdia were true. Now here the Hornets are having a selection between LaMelo Ball and the James Wiseman. Even if not, even if it goes chalk between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, or even they take your guy, James Wiseman, you at least have LaMelo Ball there at three or Anthony Edwards or one of the top three. You are guaranteed one of the top three in this NBA draft where I think most people think there is a drop-off after those top three guys and maybe even Denny being the bridge to the other tier. If you give up a unprotected, first round pick that would be asinine to me nada i mean yeah. to move up to move up two spots to go get someone that could absolutely be there with the third overall selection and give up an unprotected 2022nd first round pick or 2022 first round pick i just i would lose it because this is not a team that is supposed to give up that kind of asset and when let, let's let's just say everything goes swimmingly for the Hornets, right? Let's just mm -hmm. say that Devontae Graham, he continues to improve and he becomes a top half starting point guard in this league that looks like can be a starter on a team that can go uh, deep into the playoffs. And PJ Washington, let's say that he ups his points per game. His average, let's say, goes to like 17. Miles Bridges looks like a solid rotation. Let's say that everything is roses and the Hornets actually flirt with an eight spot. Then you have the 2021 first round pick to help you out. You know, even like, let's say everything goes well, you're still in a position in 2022 at the end of that season to possibly have that be a lottery pick because there are still a lot of good teams in the East. And I don't want to give up an unprotected selection in order to move up two freaking spots when the constant, when the constellation prize will do just fine. Now, I'm getting mad at the Hornets when there have been zero reports that the Hornets are actually going to do this. Yeah. It's just that Kevin O'Connor has suggested this in his mock draft. Um, so I'm sorry if I sound mad at the Hornets. Mitch, I'm not mad at you. I know you listen every uh, single day. I apologize. I'm just mad at Kevin O'Connor for proposing this. I would hate this as a Hornets fan. I am a Hornets fan, and I'm telling you real time, I hate it. Now, again, you, it, there, you can't not hate it. Because here's, and I think, you know what the big thing with, for me with this is? is that when we start looking at all the moves they've done this year and, and before that, and all the stuff about developing guys, playing, again, playing modern basketball, if you did this for James Wiseman, a center, and we all know how I feel about centers, 
if you're doing this for James Wiseman, all again, everything that you've done tells me that you have not learned anything from the sins of the past. And then it'll be again, the front office will be fair game. Absolutely fair game to get nailed. And you know what? I'm not like I'm not going to bother to defend. I will be forced to take the Nick Batum role of I can't defend him anymore. <laughs> I can't. I want to talk. I, go, go ahead. I, I just, I just can't. I can't defend him. I can't. <laughs> I hear you. I want to talk a little bit more about the legitimacy of Kevin O'Connor's mock draft. Um, what kind of rumblings have been out there with the Hornets? I want to talk about that in the next segment. But first, I want to speak to you guys about RockAuto.com. Uh, with the ever increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Again, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. More on the Kevin O'Connor mock draft coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, this is not the first time that we have heard something about James Wiseman to the Hornets. One, yeah. and, and just because you know we've talked about the top three guys and the Hornets have a top three selection, so we've talked a little bit about all three of these guys maybe being available for the Hornets at three. But in the Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons podcast, when mm-hmm. they both appeared on the Low Post, we discussed Zach Lowe just looking at the roster and thinking Wiseman made the most sense and that the Hornets needing Wiseman they flirted with the idea of the Hornets actually making this trade, right? Maybe mm-hmm. willing to um, get rid of a Miles Bridges. It wasn't a draft pick that they were getting rid of in, in their proposed trades. It was getting rid of a young player, whether it be a Miles Bridges, whether it be a Malik Monk and something else. I, I don't know what that would look like, but so, something like that, I guess. And so that was one link for Wiseman to the Hornets. You know, now we have this with Kevin O'Connor and this is his write up to be fair. What Kevin O'Connor is writing saying, quote, rumblings around the league suggest Golden State and Charlotte covet Wiseman to get him. The Hornets might need to leapfrog to trade up. The pieces exchanged here resemble the Celtics Sixers deal in 2017 involving Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum. But hopefully it'll work out better for Charlotte than it did Philly. Then he just kind of goes on to uh, evaluate James Wiseman a little bit further. So he says Golden State and Charlotte both covet Wiseman. Here's the thing about Kevin O'Connor's mock drafts, right? Mm -hmm. And look, content, baby, right? Put it out there. Allow people to read everything that you could possibly put out there into the Twitter sphere and on the internet, whatever. I get it. I'm not hating on Kevin uh, Kevin O'Connor for all of this. You know, fine. But we just got the report on Thursday that the Warriors worked out Denny Avdia Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. And apparently they fell in love with them during the workouts and in the interview afterwards. And then after that, Kevin O'Connor retweeted 
the latest mock draft to that point and said, look, I have had this Intel tell me the same thing that golden state is somewhat enthralled with Denny Obvia. That's why I've had him in the second slot, the past couple of mock drafts that I've released, you know, touting his own product, which again, fair enough. This is the business that we're in. I'm not hating on all of this, but then we get to this latest one, right? So think about that. Denny Obvia works out the warriors Thursday. They love him. Here we are on Tuesday after he also touts how right he was here. We are on Tuesday where he's mentioning Anthony Edwards being the second overall selection in this NBA mock draft. So it's not even Denny after James Wiseman going number one. He talks about the Golden State Warriors going with Anthony Edwards. So now he had Denny there a couple of times. Then mm-hmm. in the write-up with the Hornets, he says they like James Wiseman um, just as much as the Hornets. It's His intel is telling him Golden State likes James Wiseman and the Hornets do too. So not only do like Denny and James Wiseman, but now he has him taking Anthony Edwards at two where Denny Obvi is still available. And so, you know, you have to ask the, all this is just saying all of, all of this, you have to ask yourself how much of this is content just for sheer content's sake. And I think quite a bit of it is because that's just the business that we're in. No. And you're right. A lot of this feels like content for content's sake. And on top of that, like you pointed out, you can't be the one crowing about, Hey, I had, again, we all knew Avia was one of those guys. Everybody loved. And now it's this, like, it doesn't work like that, Kevin, unfortunately. Like, it doesn't, like, there's a part of me that, like, I get it. I understand. I don't necessarily have to like it. But at the same <laughs> time, like, there's a well, bunch look, these of these are this fun, that- man. Like, I'm not even hating on them because, you know, for me, these are fun, right? These mock drafts are fun. But when you talk about having intel and it's okay to have the Golden State Warriors like more than just one prospect at the top, it's okay for the Hornets to like more than one prospect. I'm not saying, hey, they like this guy. This is all it. I'm just saying it, it, it's okay to also question the things that you're seeing here for it being content just for the sake of putting out a product for everybody to digest, which is something that, you know, we put out daily content. It's fine. But when we're talking about just how legitimate this might be, I I just, when Zach Lowe mentioned it, he had any Intel on this. He wasn't telling Mm -hmm. you that the Hornets are very interested in James Wiseman. It seemed like he was just kind of going uh, on that route because the roster would point to they needing a center Cody mm-hmm. Zeller kind of being flirted around with trade talks quite a bit. Um, and so that would make sense to draft a center like it on paper. It, it does make sense. Maybe not the player. I know you just talked about how it doesn't just with James Borrego's defensive philosophies, but if you're going to the go to the most simple of forms, they have Cody Zeller. He might be traded. And then who they have James Wiseman does make sense in that regard. It does make sense. But at the same time, it, does, it it's kind of wild for, to me at least, where we're having these conversations about James Wiseman and it goes concurrent to everything Mitch and JB have talked about defense specifically, but in terms of talent acquisition, like Um, again, it runs, it basically, if you take the last year and a half of what everybody said they wanted in the player, does James Wiseman fit? And it really doesn't. Like well, other- I mean, the dude's talented. I mean, that that's the thing I think people are kind of going away from because I saw some Hornets fans react to this. And, you know, I saw some, you know, some really prominent members of Hornets Twitter, if you will, um, you know, talk about how, hey, you know, yeah, with people discussing, I think Inner Zeller did this in mm-hmm. your exchange back with them, you know, and I get it, right? Like, I know you're mentioning it here when you're talking about, um, 
you know, Mitch Kupchak continuing to be adamant about we're not looking for one individual position. We're not going to draft based on need. We're going to draft based on talent because we just simply don't have enough talent on this roster as currently constructed. Well, I think people are looking at that and thinking, well, the obvious choice is you kind of need a center because of the things we just talked about. So maybe they're staying away from that because Kupchak has been so adamant. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that James Wiseman isn't crazy talented. You know, I, I mean, this is someone that is a freak athlete being seven feet tall is it maybe doesn't move extremely well laterally, but it's also a guy that you, you can't deny the talent that's there. He does have a soft touch. There's a reason that there are a lot of people that like him in the top three. So while it may be true that you're not drafting James Wiseman simply because he's a center, um, it's also it's also not true that you're going to avoid him because uh, you want to address you know talented people at different positions you might already be deep in. Like yeah, if, if Wiseman's talented as hell and he just so happens to fit a position of need too, then then perfect. Go ahead and pull the trigger on Wiseman. That's why I wouldn't make too much about all of the you know Cupcheck being adamant about um, you know just just not drafting based on need. Well, again, I I get it not drafting on, based on need, but also. And I guess this is like, I'll continue to hit this point home. Laterally, what you need from a center, James Wiseman doesn't necessarily provide you. And that's a concern for me. Like for what we need to do, for what to, like for what, like for what the Hornets need the most in terms of a rim protector, in terms of a defender, in terms of what James Borrego likes to do. He likes blitzing. He likes switching. He he tried to get them to switch. And for everything that we have right here, the, the thing that just comes back, I just keep continuing to come back to is how does he help on the defensive end when he's going to be the mark in every 1-5 pick and roll? And I continue to worry about that. And you can't hide centers like that anymore. They've tried. You have to be able to do something. It's not one of those things where you can rely on Wiseman to just sit on the block, defend the rim, and you'll be okay. Until they bring out a full true zone rule, you can't rely on him for that. But if he's going to be asked to not be the mark, I don't think he's got that in him. And I think investing in that doesn't necessarily make sense for me. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about it on the uh, with a little bit more of uh, Kevin O'Connor's mock draft and some other things um, that could pertain to the Hornets in the upcoming NBA draft next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in summer league, comma, a euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a me, radar. of all NBA, yeah, on the radar, on the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer, yeah. You're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from uh, Catawba County. They put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. You know, one thing I think about, too, when, you know, the Hornets are using this draft pick, let's just say, just because this seems to be the Wiseman and the mock draft episode, when we're talking about Wiseman on the Hornets, I look at some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference and how he might match up with some pillars of the other organizations. Mm-hmm. So looking at what you have with Miami, who the Hornets play a lot because they're in the same division, they have Bam Adebayo and Wiseman and Bam Adebayo. It all depends on what you feel about that matchup too. Looking at the Boston Celtics in the East, 
you you look at them and that's not a team that has this big center that you're really excited about. Daniel Tice played well in the postseason. I thought he was, I thought he was better than average. I thought there was mm-hmm. some real valiant effort there and played pretty well, even though we did the white guy thing, what we're calling him better than what he is. I do think that he was, that he was good in the postseason. Um, you know, and I'll take Wiseman in that matchup. Do you want somebody to also be able to protect the rim against the bucks? If Giannis just so happens to stay there with Milwaukee and look, we are, we are a long ways away of mm-hmm. Wiseman actually matching up and, and the Hornets really going head, you know, toe to toe with a lot of the contenders in the Eastern conference. I just wonder if that's something that might be in the mind of, okay, you know, yes, the NBA might be moving in this direction, but yeah, I think Wiseman has the ability to handle a bam out of bio and maybe give him some problem with his size, especially if he does have the athleticism to move around a little bit If his handle gets a little bit better. Maybe that's someone they can put it on the deck every once in a while. Um, you know, even though I don't think that's going to ever be his, his strong suit. You know, I do think that, you know, Wiseman is athletic enough to, you know, be able to experiment with some things. And that's, what's so tantalizing about him. And what do you make of maybe the matchups that he would have with some of the teams in the East? Like some of the teams that he would match up with, quite honestly, when we start thinking about this, like, again, Bam's going to eat his lunch for a while. We, you just accept that. Maybe he gets better to the point where he's not the mark. The guy that interests me the most in terms of matchup problems might be like what we expect out of Clint Capella in Atlanta. Like a healthy Clint Capella being that role threat, being the guy, being what, which is what is expected more of a modern big in terms of being able to switch the pick and roll, defend the rim, do all of that. Like that's the kind of guy that you kind of have to worry about. Can he hold water with him? And there's a part of me that's answering that just doesn't think the answer to that question is yes. Like Clint Capello is going to be the guy. Like if you can, if you feel like he can hold his, his water with him then cool draft him. But if you can't, and you're going to continually see that guy and then what are we doing here? I guess that's my issue with this. What are we doing here? If he's not going to be one of those more modern bigs that can stay on both ends of the floor, because Atlanta will play him off the floor. If, if he's as bad as I think he is laterally. So yeah. will Miami. And that's a problem. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Charlotte Hornets with some of the, uh, the mock drafts here. Uh, it's a month away, man, just less than a month. The NBA draft taking place on November 18th. And, uh, we will continue to talk some mock drafts. I know Doug Branson is a big fan of this episode, considering we just honed in on one individual one, just taking a look at some of the other selections, by the way, uh, Kevin O'Connor does have Avdia going three to the Minnesota Timberwolves after the uh, proposed trade in this mock draft between the Timberwolves and the Hornets, he would have LaMelo ball going number four to the Chicago bulls. He says league sources say the bulls are likely targeting a lead playmaker in the draft, which is why last week's mock had them taking Killian Hayes, but LaMelo is the most talented passer in this class. And then he goes on just to kind of evaluate LaMelo Obi Toppin going number five overall. Now they have any takeaways from LaMelo going four to the bulls or Obi Toppin going five to the Cavaliers. Obi Toppin goes to the one place that I think he works the best at. That's not golden state. Like that's where we're at with this quite (laughs) honestly. Like I'm not the biggest Obi Toppin fan. I will never be the biggest Obi Toppin fan. Chicago again, him going to Cleveland works. Chicago getting LaMelo makes them entirely too dangerous and, Literally, LaMelo Ball and and Billy Donovan feels like a match made in heaven. And you just hope that that doesn't actually happen. 
Yeah. I mean, think about the town. Ta- so you would have Chicago with LaMelo ball, Kobe white in the backcourt. Then you'd have, I, do you try to make Wendell Carter and Laurie Markin in work where you don't have to trade one of them? And then you have Zach Levine as your three, you know, that is, I mean, that is a young and pretty damn talented group of players that they're putting out there. You know, what kind of, what kind of success would that team be able to have? Do you try to play Laurie at the five and Wendell at the four? Um, you know, Chicago's got some, Chicago's got some interesting moves that they can make depending on who could be there at number four overall. And I know that locked on bowls selected Denny a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, they also selected James Wiseman, um, in our locked on, uh, podcast network mock draft. So, um, yeah, we'll see who rounds out the top five and who the Hornets are going to leave behind for the bulls and the Cavaliers to choose from. That'll do it for Lockdown Hornets here today. Always appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, thanks again. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any episode on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.